The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Last week, we aired a classic interview with Lauren Spencer about official top-secret U.S. Army Air Force interview transcripts and notes he received from the late Matilda O'Donnell McElroy. Six years later, Laura Spencer returns to share with us supplemental information that expands on the original material from the 1947 interviews. It's quote-unquote new in the sense that he has been made aware of a lot of evidence that verifies and expands upon information provided by the interview transcripts. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas. And if you're new to the Veritas family, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, just click on the subscribe button. And don't forget to visit the Veritas store for MMS, hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, and much more. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. Com. And to tell us more, well, we have his bio on our website. Lawrence Spencer joins us from Georgetown, Texas. Hello, Lawrence, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you? I'm good, Mel. Thank you and uh, for having me. It's delightful to hear from you, as always. My pleasure. I remember our three-hour interview. We, we didn't expect to go three hours, but the material kept going and going, and we decided to expand it. But you're back six years later. You contacted me a few weeks ago. And I've always wondered if you had more information about the interview and Matilda O'Donnell McElroy. Why now? Why six years? And first of all, why you? Again, why you? Why are you the one receiving this information? Well, as uh, I explained in our first interview, uh, I was contacted in 1997 uh, through the mail by uh, a retired Army Air Force nurse, Matilda O'Donnell McElroy from Ireland, who sent me a large envelope containing two letters, um, a lot of handwritten and typed notes prepared by her, uh, as well as a copy of what she told me were the original typed transcripts of an interview that she did over a period of about six weeks in 1947 with the pilot of the crashed flying saucer from the Roswell, uh, famous Roswell crash. Um, at that time, she was uh, a surgical nurse with the 509th Bomb Group uh, Air Force Base in Roswell, New Mexico. That's the same Air Force Base, from which the bombers that bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan, were dispatched during uh, at the end of World War II. Um, the the craft was recovered by personnel from the Roswell Air Force Base. Um, she accompanied the security office, the security officer rather, at the base to the site of the crash and was asked to go because uh, in case medical assistance was provided. When they arrived at the site of the crash, um, she was able to sense communication from the one surviving passenger of the craft, which which it turned out to be the pilot. Uh, No one else was able to sense any communication from the pilot, which was all telepathic, of course. 
So she was permanently assigned to accompany the uh, the pilot at all times thereafter. Uh, and as you will hear in our first interview, when you read the book, you'll understand that the reason that she was able to communicate telepathically with the pilot is that she had been previously a member of the same domain expeditionary force uh, of which the pilot of the craft, whose name is given as Errol, A-I-R-L, um, was a member. So, uh, in part, the Roswell crash uh, and the subsequent universe given between the pilot and the nurse were, um, in, in a way, a kind of a forwarding of the communication of information from the domain to other members of the domain, of which there are at least 3,000 or more, uh, forwarding of, uh, of information to those members of the domain on Earth. Uh, through these interviews with the nurse. She sent the interviews to me after a very brief discussion I had with her on the phone 10 years before, in, uh, in 1997, uh, when I was researching material for the first book I wrote, which was called The Oz Factors. She didn't have any information to give me at that time, but she was interested in, in my book. I sent her a copy of it at her request, and she read it, and... Ten years later, she sent me this information not long before she passed away at the age of 83. So, um, when you read, ironically, uh, the time it takes to discuss the book uh, on a show like, like this actually takes longer than it does to read the book in a way, because you can read the entire book in, in about five hours. It's not terribly long. Um, if you if you don't include the footnotes, if you include the footnotes, then it's probably about 12 hours. Um, but in our discussion in, on February 8th, 2013, we discussed kind of the, the highlights of the story behind how I received the material and the basic content of the book. So in this interview, um, I wanted to try to skip over uh, all of that and discuss some more of the more relevant recent research information that's come to my attention um, from a number of other researchers, uh, many of whom were have been guests on uh, the Veritas radio show yep. and with whom I, you know, I know you know them and many of your listeners will know them. But uh, the ongoing research done by these people over the intervening six years uh, sheds a lot of um, new light on the material contained in the interviews. It corroborates and verifies a lot of the information given uh, by the, the pilot and expands upon some of the core uh, concepts and, and information contained in those interviews. So I thought it might be interesting to your listeners to uh, kind of get up to speed on what's occurred in terms of current research over the last six years that brings, uh, makes a lot of the information in the, the interview transcripts more relevant uh, to what's happening today. Before we begin with the supplemental information, I just want to get a, a few things out of the way. And by the way, I don't mean any disrespect by me asking you these questions, but I just want to be very clear because through the years I've received a number of emails 
And I want you to have an opportunity to respond to those those issues. For example, one person said that you are a Scientologist, that you wrote a book just like L. Ron Hubbard did. Uh, can we put this to rest? And I have a couple of questions after that, but I'll go one by one. Okay. Um, no, that's it's, it's true in part. There's a kernel of truth in that. I was involved in Scientology in the early 1970s. Uh, haven't been for a very, very long time. Uh, never written anything like uh, what L. Ron Hubbard would have written. Um, and certainly have no interest in doing so. Uh, in this particular case, the interview transcripts and letters and so forth, as I mentioned, were received by me directly from the nurse and published verbatim um, without any alteration. So uh, as far as the authorship of the alien interview book, the author is uh, nurse Attila McElroy. Um, who passed away at the age of 83. Okay, so no Scientology-related writings in this book. Second, this book is not fiction. This is not something that you came up with. These are indeed factual letters that you received from the subject, Matilda O'Donnell McElroy. Yeah, as far as uh, I or many, many other hundreds of people who have been looking into this material since it was published um, in, in, 19, in 2008, about uh, 11 years ago, no one has been able to verify or refute as whether or not the material is, is factual. Um, nor can anyone verify whether or not the person of Matilda McElroy was an actual person. Uh, that has to do largely with um, what apparently occurred at the uh, end of these interview period after the Roswell crash, was that the personnel who were stationed at the Roswell base who had any interaction with the event were uh, dismissed from duty and relocated and given uh, secret persona. Their identities were changed and went in, were sent into uh, a witness protection program. Uh, the nurse actually mentions that. Lots of people who have researched this have discovered uh, that there were several other nurses and other medical personnel as well as, well as military personnel stationed at the Roswell base and apparently all of whom disappeared. Uh, subsequently, I've been told by uh, a number of other people who were either first or second-hand witnesses to the events that their lives were threatened by the military immediately following the incident. And uh, in some cases, people were killed uh, to silence them from revealing what they knew. Uh, there are many, many other people who have written books um, who are truly authorities on the subject of Roswell. Dr. Stanton Freeman is probably one of the foremost of that group. Um, so as far as the actual events of the Roswell crash itself, um, I, that's been pretty thoroughly researched and documented by other people. Uh, I've had no part in that because it's not an area of expertise. Uh, the only reason I published the material when I received it from the nurse is that after having spent six or eight months researching it myself uh, to see if, whether or not I could verify the material in the book, 
I decided there was enough credible information that could be documented. Uh, I, I put the footnotes where appropriate in the book um, based on research I found by others and uh, data available on Wikipedia that anybody can read for themselves as to uh, the fair, verifiable incidents and personnel that she describes who were uh, a witness to the events at that time. But since Roswell has been probably the most thoroughly covered up uh, incident in the history of UFOs, uh, it was the basis for the, the foundation of the Majestic 12 organization by President Sherman, who was basically charged with the responsibility to keep UFO activity uh, secret from the public. Uh, as far as I know, that goes on um, to this day. So, um, unfortunately, nothing about Roswell, as far as I know, except by anecdotal uh, information from first and second-hand witnesses and or circumstantial evidence uh, revealed by numerous researchers, no one can really truly verify that this UFO crash actually ever occurred. Do you find it interesting that this event allegedly happened in 1947? But we actually didn't hear more about it until 1978, if my memory serves me correctly, through, as you said, Stanton Friedman. He was the one who shed some light on that event again. Theoretically, could this have been a third party, perhaps a psyop, perhaps somebody from the government who sent these letters to you in order to continue perpetuating this event? I'm not saying that it's true or it's not. I'm just trying to find the possibilities. Yeah, that, my first um, suspicion when I received the information, although I had spoken to the nurse briefly 10 years before on the phone for 15 or 20 minutes, which is the only reason I gave any credibility to the, the possibility that the documents were factual. Um, and it wasn't until I had researched it intensively for several months thereafter that I decided it was worth publishing. But my first thought when I received this envelope alleging that these were original transcripts from the interviews, they certainly appeared to be authentic, but I'm no expert. Um, one of the things that the nurse mentions repeatedly is that there were quite a number and variety of military and civilian intelligence personnel present at the Roswell base during the, the time of the interviews, and a lot of very high-ranking military personnel from the Army, Air Force, so on and so forth, um, in attendance. Uh, and as many other people have revealed over the years, um, uh, the order of magnitude and thoroughness and uh, the prolonged extent of the cover-up of, of this incident um, almost demonstrates by itself that there's an agenda, if, if only to cover it up and keep it secret. But there may, as you suggest, be other agendas too. So when I first received the, the documents, I thought, well, you know, I'm being trolled. Somebody's sending this stuff to me. Um, and... You know, I have no way of authenticating it and so forth. So you know, I was very, very reticent about it for, for many months. I didn't tell anybody about it 
Um, and, but I did think it deserved inspection and ratification, which I, I did the best I could to, to do that. So the, the current form of the book, which is, uh, which I published originally in 1988 as a printed book and also as a free PDF to make it available over the internet to anybody who might be interested, uh, proved to be uh, a good decision, I think, because many, many millions of people around the world uh, have read the book. Uh, it's been translated into 14 different languages by volunteers. Uh, I, I never hire anybody to do any of that sort of thing. I don't have the resources to do that. Um, the book has been translated into uh, or made available as an audio book in, in Spanish and English. Um, and there are several other versions of the book that are more um, detailed in terms of uh, readability from a, a researcher or a study point of view. So my representation of the material is only that this is exactly what I received from the nurse. Um, and I published it letter for letter as I received it. Um, it's, it's, I didn't write any of it. None of it is my material, except to the degree that I own the copyright for it. But in every other way, it's it's free and available on the internet for anyone to to read or think or do with uh, whatever they might do with it. Uh, my personal opinion is um, that people should study the material, they should examine it, and they should make their own decision about it, one way or the other. Um, it contains lots of very startling, dramatic information uh, uh, that I've never read anything like. And most other people who discussed it with me, I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of people. I've done probably uh, 60 radio shows, interviews over the years. Um, everyone has uh, a very strong feeling about it, one way or the other, usually kind of a visceral uh, feeling as to whether or not the information resonates with them personally. Uh, a lot of people are very deeply impacted by the information in the book, um, and others have no interest in it, as, to, as should be expected. Yeah, by the way, let me just clarify that everybody who listens to this show knows that I am not a type of person that tries to bring people here to debunk anybody. We just don't believe anything. Also, we don't want anybody to believe. I want them to do their own research. At the same time, I still want to discuss all the material because it's up to us to do with that information as we please, just like going to a restaurant buffet. You choose what you like and what you don't like, just leave it behind. But that being said, and I appreciate that you put all the cards on the table, the expansion, the supplement that you're going to bring us, bring to us tonight before that, there are a few images of what seems to be an Army Air Force officer or a, a person. Is this the image that you used on the book? Is that Matilda or is that somebody else? Also, I'm using a, an image that I found on the Internet of that alleged person who seems to be going through a light detection test in the 1940s. Is this the person or are these pictures that you found? Um, those are pictures that I found during my research of the book, uh, when I published the book and su subsequently when I put together a website for the book sometime after. Um, 
there I found uh, quite a few different images on the internet of uh, posted by people who alleged that the person shown in their photograph. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.